In today's episode, I sit down with Brad Walbridge and Tim Bozier. We discuss the people involved in welcoming members and guests who serve on the Connect Team. We have a great discussion around the principles found on pages 16 through 22 of the Connect Team Handbook. So if someone has given you a copy of that, pull that out and take notes or check out the digital copy in the show notes so you can follow along. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to Connect Team Conversations, where we discuss discipleship strategies to help us lead in our role as volunteers and help further the mission of the church. I'm your host, Chris Rivers. I serve on our staff, and my hope is that this audio training helps encourage you to use your role on a Connect Team to help further discipleship opportunities in your life. Let's get started. All right, guys, how are we doing today? Great. Doing well, Chris. Yes, sir. Brad Walbridge, finally in the room. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to be behind the mic. Yes, sir. And then Tim Bozier, we're talking today about the people involved in welcoming members and guests. And so I think before I just wanted to jump in, Brad, you recently took a group of your volunteers on a field trip. So could you tell us a little bit about what you did and, and why you chose to do that? Yeah, I think as I as I started getting plugged in at Greer, you know, in my role, um, working with Connect Team, I realized that one of the things that would be beneficial for me would be to go to a couple of other campuses and see how they do things, why they do the things that they do, um, to wrap my head around it. And then it, it hit me that, hey, it might be good to bring along the volunteers that are actually making all of that happen. Of the various teams so getting with Connect the Team Connect and saying, hey, would love for you and maybe your you know, your second, you know, second in command to come with you so that we could go visit these other campuses and see how they do things. It's, it's important to me to get outside of the norm, Mm -hmm. those normal rhythms, the normal environment that we're around and kind of pull everything apart so that we can see what's working well and what's not working well. Yeah. And I just, I feel like that's good to do every now and again. So taking some people with me was, was a good opportunity. And you actually went to Harrison Bridge? We did, yeah. Went, went did. over to see Tim. Yep. He got us hooked up over there. Also went to Powdersville. Mm-hmm. And, and I think those two campuses, you know, they really, they're, they're, they're different, right? Mm-hmm. At, our, at our different campuses, you can tell just the uniqueness of that campus. Even though it's still Grace Church, it very much feels like Grace Church. Mm-hmm. There's the uniqueness of each of those campuses. And Harrison Bridge gave us, you know, a view of things in, in one way. And then Powdersville gave us a view another way, uh, cool. still accomplishing the same goals, yeah. but just some of those nuances that I think are really neat to see that get you to, to, to brainstorm a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. In terms of building relational capital with your team, what, what kind of benefits did you gain from doing that? Yeah, I think I was about two months in to my time at Greer in minister to guest role. So for me, being able to spend that time with them all morning and not just do the strategic thinking of what we need to do, the blocking and tackling, Mm -hmm. but actually to spend time in the car and then do a lunch debrief afterwards where we're spending that time together, not only talking about the work that we're doing, Mm -hmm. but the why behind it and who we're doing it with, getting to know who we're doing it with to be able to lean on one another. And I really think that that impacts the work that we do, mm-hmm. both staff and volunteers, is when we feel a deeper connection to one another. You know, it may not be community group level, yeah. but for us to have a deeper connection to one another, there's this, this sense of locking arms in ministry to do that work that feels very different mm-hmm. 
than just, all right, you're in that role, I'm in this role, and we're going to do this thing. That's right. Yeah, and we'll provide some information in the show notes, but if you're on a Connect team and you're, or even at you're another church and you've heard this and you want to learn like the strategy by which you took through your team through that, we'd love to help you accomplish that type of trip. And Tim, you enjoyed it too. You were actually a little jealous. Oh man, my team was super uh, upset that we haven't done something like this already. So mm-hmm. we're looking forward to, to trying to replicate this at some point. That's great. Well, you have to let us host you at Greer, Tim. We would love that. Yeah, we'd love to see it. the brickyard. We're looking forward That's to that right. for sure. Yeah, our new outdoor space. Yeah, yeah. We're excited about it. It's a lot of fun and yeah. kind of paying tribute to the history of the building and of that of the campus with the old Ford dealership in downtown Greer. So yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. Well, I think, you know, to transition into another segment of this episode, you know, we're talking about every environment is different. Every campus is different, but the mission is still the same, right? And so for us as connecting volunteers, it's important that we make sure we lead with a personal discipleship lens on. And of course, this means being hospitable is part of that. But the question is, how do we engage with one another and our members and guests with this discipleship lens? So, Tim, I was, you know, how do we do that? What are some thoughts you have? Uh, I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So I think in some of this, we would we say a lot of times that um, God is working in us and through us. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully if you have God working in you, you are looking for that opportunity to work through other folks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some of that, it comes out through our serving. And in this team specifically, we have to be looking for opportunities to be able to pray with somebody who is struggling in that in that particular moment. Even if that's I'm dropping off coffee at the coffee table and this guy looks like he's about to fall apart mm-hmm. to ask him what his name is, to ask if he's OK and then to take that step to just kind of move in mm-hmm. and just see if there's something that we can do to be helpful in that moment, to pray with them, to get him connected to a staff member or a pastor. Those type of things, just having that on our mind, thinking about others more than we're thinking about ourselves or the True. task at hand. Yeah. I think that's the piece to this, the disciple ship lens that is important for our team members. Yeah. Brad, anything you would add to that? Yeah, I think that one of the ways that we've communicated with our volunteer teams is that there's this undercurrent Mm. for not just the volunteers, but really for any of our members, Mm. anybody that calls Grace home on, on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening, there's this undercurrent for everyone that we're all looking for new faces, Mm -hmm. people that are returning that we haven't seen in a while and people who are coming for the first time. There's this undercurrent of we're, we're our heads on a swivel. We're looking for people. We're trying to connect with them, and then we're also trying to connect them to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And some of the language we're starting to use at Greer is this connect one language. You meet somebody, take a moment to connect them. You know, somebody nearby, hey, there's another member right there. Let me grab the Anderson family. Let me grab the Smith family. Hey, have you, have you met them? Mm-hmm. Have you met the Timmons over here? And and what it does is over a couple of weeks, if everybody at our campus or the majority of people at our campus are starting to do that, then suddenly somebody who is doesn't feel connected, doesn't feel like they know anybody at the campus over a few short weeks, they start to know a lot of faces. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, it could be a little overwhelming, but I'd rather err on the side of that mm-hmm. than them walking in, sitting down, and nobody noticing them. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to use that language a lot of connect one. Who are you meeting and how are you connecting them to at least one other person or couple or, or family before you step away? 
Man, that's really good, Brad. I think the connect one strategy is very similar to having a handoff strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just you come, you're prepared spiritually, you are ready to serve, committed to the work that God's called us to do, and then who can I connect someone to today? I mean, that's yeah. Really, yeah, that's really what that is. And the the tricky part in that, I think, for some people, and and I recognize this because I'm I'm a relational guy. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hand off too quickly, mm-hmm. so it's it's not necessarily that we meet somebody and immediately we want to connect them to somebody. We can have that conversation, but that in the back of our mind, it's when I'm done with this yeah. this conversation have I at least brought somebody else in mm-hmm. to connect that person or that family to before I step away? Yeah. You know, that's I really think that's, good. that's the mentality. Well, hopefully this episode and just continuing to talk about it, help us reinforce this idea, because I think in some ways it's still aspirational for us. Like yeah. it, it needs to become actual, but that, that is a great idea for us to be thinking about every time we get ready to serve mm-hmm. and then to do it. I mean, if you could, it'd be interesting if we were listening to this episode and you were to think about you're either about to go into this role for the first time or you've been in this role and you've just been asked to listen to this and to have a refresher. You know, when was the last time you did the Connect One? And who did you connect somebody with? You know, if you could just have that name and just go share it with mm-hmm. someone today, go share it with a connect team lead, maybe a staff person say, Hey, I listen to this episode and I want to do what they are suggesting. And if you haven't done it, then make it your goal this weekend or the next time you serve to do that. I think that would be a good practical next step based yeah. on what you're saying. Well, good. Well, let's transition a little bit. We want to talk about the multiple roles and unique responsibilities that make up a connect team. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of time here to work through this. You can look in the Connect Team handbook, and you can see these roles listed out. But, Brad, talk to us a little bit about what the Connect Team lead responsibilities are. Just give us a brief overview. Yeah, so the, the Connect Team lead is is really going to be someone that that has a lot of grace DNA, and that's not necessarily time at grace right it doesn't it's not a 10 15 20 year person it could be somebody who's been around for a few years but has really gotten uh gotten themselves connected they're in community they're they're worshiping they're serving Mm -hmm. and they are they're really clear on who we are as a church Mm -hmm. and they're bought in they're all in that is the type of person we're looking for as a connect team lead they are often mistaken for staff Mm -hmm. in that role Mm -hmm. So for somebody that is in that role, they are modeling for the rest of the team. Not that they're the most relational person. They, they don't have to be. But that they are modeling for the rest of the team what it looks like to be connecting with people, to be in the know of what's going on at the campus, to be able to share information, helping people connect the dots of things that they need to be doing or where they need to be going. Mm-hmm. They help lead or assist in training. So that's somebody that is a... I mean, sometimes I'm their right-hand man, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're my right-hand man mm-hmm. or woman, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is in that role that's, that's able right. to help us. That's right. Yeah, that's good. I think they should drive the vision and growth of the team as yeah. well. They should own that and want to own that. And uh, they're really the core leader of Connect Team. So in many campuses, you know, you're going to see that a staff member like yourself, Brad, like yourself, Tim, are going to help oversee and mm-hmm. shepherd that. But we are really looking for volunteers to own this role. Yeah. And I would say the the other thing about this role that I think is so important is that oftentimes, if the, if the right person is in the role, 
oftentimes they are seeing things before I even do. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they're able to spot those things, move on those things, and they're not even really asking permission. Mm-hmm. Like they're already in a role that we trust them to be in. They're moving, and then they're following up with us. That's good. That's good. All right, what about the parking team? Yeah, so parking team, the great thing about parking team is you don't have to be quite as involved as a team lead. <laughs> These folks are uh, typically brand new to us, but they are the first impression for us. And so even though they're brand new, we're still hopeful that they are super bought into us. Mm-hmm. They're engaging with with our the first-time visitors or guests that are coming in. And so they are, they assist people. I mean, basically, they're pointing and directing people to parking spots and to where the entrance is and and in, in some instances, helping them out of cars, mm-hmm. um, helping them with kids, and then getting them to the next handoff, which would be uh, one of our greeters right at the front doors. That's right. Yeah, we want to make sure that if you're on a parking team that you're aware of the huddle that starts mm-hmm. earlier before serving time. So most guests ask the question, what time do I arrive? That's mm-hmm. what a guest, that's the first question yeah. that a guest is asking. So most guests are most people are late to church. I don't Correct. know if you've noticed this, right? <laughs> but most guests, if they're if they're coming for the first time, they've probably done some reconnaissance on the website. There's there's something to them going online to say, okay, what time does our service start? And if you actually go to our website, if you go to your campus's website, you will see that there is a whole section that is written out specifically mm-hmm. for a guest. And we actually tell guests to show up 20 minutes before the service starts. <laughs> now, why do we ask them to do that? Because if they have kids, we want them to be able to check their mm-hmm. kids in enough time to get in a service. So if you're a connecting volunteer or a parking volunteer, we'd like for you to show up at least 35, 45 minutes early, mm-hmm. not only so that you can help set up, but you could attend the huddle mm-hmm. where you're going to hear what's going on. And then you're able to get quickly in and out in the parking lot so you can start serving. So I wanted to mention that. And then uh, one other aspect that's really important for parking team members is just that they do use a radio. So they're connected to what's happening inside there. That's another way for them to connect people as they're coming in. Hey, I've got a first time visitor coming through. If they can't make the handoff personally, they can at least alert the folks that are on the inside. And so it's super important for us to have those folks out there. We trust them to use those uh, radios appropriately and all that. That's right. That's great, Tim. Okay. So tell us about welcome and greeting team responsibilities. Yeah. So the, from, from the parking team who are typically outside, uh, all the time outside that we're going to move inside to the welcome and greeting team responsibilities. And so those folks are super engaging, super welcoming, highly energetic. They're coming in about 30, 35, 45 minutes early again to, to connect in the team huddle. Their goal is to connect, not just smile to people as they're coming in, but to really mm-hmm. connect with the folks that are coming in to our services. Yeah. One of the goals that we'd like the our folks to have that are on the welcome and greeting team is for them to meet one new person each week mm-hmm. and to really make a connection, introduce themselves, learn a little bit about those folks that are coming in, and maybe even have a connect card in their hand that they can hand out to that new person yeah. um, so we can get some information so that they feel like we really do care about the fact that they're coming in for the first time. Uh, we want them to be visible, and then we want them to really escort guests. I mean, I'm not going to go back over what Brad yeah. said about connect one and handoffs and all that, but we do want them to escort guests to, especially to children's if they've got children, or at least to the worship center doors so that an usher can get them, greet them, and then move them onto their seat. That's right. That's great. 
All right, so thanks, Tim, for sharing that. Brad, talk to us a little bit about guest services, team responsibilities. Yeah, I I think it's important, you know, before we dive do the deep dive into that, is that with the guest services team, there's a lot of things that are also connected in from welcome and Mm -hmm. greeting Mm -hmm. that we want that same type of, uh, uh, of just energy that that person has given off of, hey, we're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. We're really excited to, to be with you and to be talking with you. Guest services at times can be, if there's a desk or something, a counter space, people can often stand behind that mm-hmm. and not really move towards people. And it, it can become a boundary or barrier. So the campuses that have something like that, what does it look like potentially for those folks to actually stand in front of it mm-hmm. and to be open and to to really give this vibe that, hey, I'd love for you to walk over here. That's right. Yeah. Or, or I'd love to step out a few steps and actually draw you in. Mm-hmm. And then that person is, is somebody that is going to be able to connect the dots for somebody who is either new to our church or, or doesn't know as much of what's going on. That's right. And they're able to, to talk about Men's Roundtable or Zaire or... Uh, upcoming discovery class or foundations in some detail. They don't have to be an expert, but enough detail that really helps that individual or that family understand the why behind it. Yeah. So they're looking at uh, what's happening at the campus. They're looking at when it's happening, why it's happening, what it's for, and they're able to to connect people to that. That's good. I think that's that's really important about this role. Yeah, and for guest services, your campus is going to work with you to to have a sheet, right. a weekend review sheet that has different events that are going on. So if you are serving in this role, you're going to get access to those things so that you know ahead of time. And that's why coming to a huddle is important because we review those things. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. All right, what about usher team responsibilities? Yeah, the usher, usher team, I, I think a lot of times the ushers can be viewed as essentially just a logistical role. Mm-hmm kind of like a crossing guard where there's the seats and let me let me move you from here to there. But I think it's important for us, whether a staff or volunteer role that we're in, it's important for us to, to spend a little bit of extra time with parking and with ushers mm-hmm. because it can it can really feel like we're just controlling traffic and and that is actually just a fraction of what we're doing. Yeah. We're trying to do so much more. So I think for ushers they're accommodating members and guests mm-hmm. that are coming in. They're helping them get seated. We want these people to be pleasant. We don't want the security guard there. We want someone who is invite is inviting and, and really trying to create a welcoming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But ushers, we want them to own that room. Yeah. Prior to and after service, we want them to really have a have a pulse for who's coming in the room, where they're sitting. They're helping people get seated, but then they're also talking to people. Yeah. So that there's that relational component that goes way beyond the logistical of, hey, I have not seen those people before. Mm-hmm. I've I got to make sure I get over there and I introduce myself. Yeah. Or maybe we have a single woman who clearly feels way out of sorts, way, yeah. you know, way alone. And we're able to actually make her feel really welcome by that usher walking over to some other ladies and saying, hey, would you walk over with me? Let's make her feel welcome. Mm-hmm. Let's introduce ourselves. I just think there's there's those little things that ushers are able to spot and see after they've been doing it for a little while that are so helpful mm-hmm. to make people feel welcome and just own that room overall. Man, that's so good. Yeah, I think also there is the 
the communion we we do communion mm-hmm. once a month and so there's an opportunity to help prepare for some of that stuff right. and but i think too just the usher when i think about ushering i do want to double tap on what you're saying that it is a chance for us to meet somebody there should always be a chance for us to meet somebody mm-hmm. new yep. because there is the 5 minutes before the service starts you see it on the screen the timer's coming down and it's like there's all these people in the room so if you're an usher and you're just standing that's not good like right. walk around, meet people, introduce yourself, say hello, and learn someone's name. I would say if you're an usher this weekend when you serve or figure out who is one person that I could know their name so that the next time I come to the next weekend service that I could maybe see that person and say their name to them. That's yeah. what I think we should be doing. Yeah. And think about what, you know, the season that we are in yeah. where people are so used to, whether they want to or not. They are so used to just coming into church right as service is starting or coming a few minutes after coming in, sitting down and not engaging anyone. And then when service is done, getting up and leaving the ushers to be able to spot people coming in. And and again, that connect one philosophy of they just sat down. I just introduced myself. Who's a family or individual with within their area? that I can actually connect them to before I walk away. Cause I got to go seat some more people That's right. and connect with other people. But who can I do that handoff to and, and, and bring somebody else into that conversation. Yeah. So that person does not feel like they are on an Island by themselves. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, let me wrap up the last responsibility. This is the safety team responsibilities. Our safety team volunteers, their mission is to serve attendees by helping provide a safe environment for worship services at any campus. We have a ton of resources for safety mm-hmm. team volunteers. Tim, you and I, Dan mm-hmm. Dather, we did five episodes. So if you want to go check out safety team conversations, if you are a safety team volunteer, you've probably already been told about this resource. We have a whole handbook for them because it is a unique role at our church. So I'm not going to get too in depth in that, but I do think that mm-hmm. it is as much of just being aware, partnering with the mm-hmm. officer, getting a radio. They do use a radio and use that. And your connect team lead would help you know more. But but those are some of the roles we've gone through. Most of those. Is there anything else we need to add? Anything we need to share? Well, I'd say that honestly, all of these other roles do pour into safety as well. I mean, mm-hmm. parking from the very beginning gets to see people come out of the cars. Yep. And, and ushers get to seat people. There's just places where um, you, even other team members should potentially look at this section um, just to kind of get an idea of what safety really is and yeah. what it is not. Um, yeah. We're not just asking them to just be safety guys that are standing there like bouncers. That's right. And we are asking them to engage with people as well, ask their names, give their names as well, and, and be in discipleship with folks too. So That's good. Anything else you'd add, Brad? Well, and I would say as the discipleship you know, piece is happening, one of the best ways to know if there is something going on is to be able to engage with people because you start to hear and see things mm-hmm. rather than just being that bouncer in one position or a couple of positions. As you're engaging people, you might spot or hear something that, you know, whether it's a danger or a safety issue, you're able to spot that yeah. before it even gets further down the road. Mm-hmm. That's good. So. That's good. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys. This has been a great episode. Hopefully you have gotten what you need to know about the people at 
that who, uh, who welcomes members and guests. So thanks for joining us today, guys. Yeah, thanks thank you, Chris. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Connecting Conversations. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with someone on your team with the purpose of discussing ways you both can implement. If you have questions, want us to discuss a topic, or want to get more plugged into what God is calling us to do at Grace Church, reach out to a Connect Team lead or email us at connectteam at gracechurchsc.org. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.